Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have a collection of the world's most astounding horrors. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to a throwback Thursday. Episode number 1276. It is Thursday, June 15th. If you're keeping track and you're listening to the day this is uploaded, right next to me is... Jenny! I got one name! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! Hi! Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Look at that red mouse. Those burning eyes. You, you hideous, you beast, you monster, you, you are the devil. Yeah, that's what they say every time they see me, especially when I leave my, my eye surgeons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't they? Mm-hmm. Look at those eyes. Yeah. 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 So if you do see me with eyes that look like Superman's, you know, with heat vision, eh, I probably just had a... Uh, a treatment at the eye doctors, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not kidding. I'm being, being honest on that. Thank you for checking out the Riley and Kimmy show. Telling your friends you found a place that offers pop culture escapism all the time. That's all we talk about is pop culture things. And we focus on a wide variety of things. We are definitely a variety talk show. We don't focus on just one type of uh, subject matter per episode. It's all kinds of things. It's really a, a focus on nostalgia and retro with current things mixed in too. It is truly escapism. Tell your friends you found something to listen to going to work or coming home from work or maybe even while you're at work. We won't tell anybody. Or listen going to class or while you're in class. Great way to just, you know, zone out and kind of nod like you're listening. <laughs> or or uh, take, us, uh, take us to home with you. You know, And you can take us to bed, too. You know, I don't know if you need to pull the covers over your head like they used to way, way, way back. I don't know, um, Kimmy, if you were one of these who used to listen to the radio in bed and then hide it. Mm-mm. You didn't do that? Mm-mm. Okay. I I didn't have to do that because I grew up with cave people and they didn't care what I did, you know? So they're like, hey, he's listening to radio. Who cares? It's two o'clock in the morning, whatever. Yeah. Do not do that. I'm not saying it's a good thing to do, but yeah, that's the way it was in my world. So I hope you're not going to get in trouble for listening to us late at night, uh, but you can do that. You can, if you'd like, try to use earbuds. Kind of helps. It's one of the things it does. And tell your friends about the Riley and Kibbe show. You can find links to all our episodes, all of them archived, right on our website, along with social media links. Help the show grow by liking us on Facebook and other social media. We have video interviews, celebrity interviews, and nerd news and nerd links and so much more, including where we will be next. That's right. We have an event page. Find out where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing. Find out where we are on the road next. I can't wait to get on the road again. That's right. Find out where we are on the road at just by going to that event page. And you can find all that information right on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Being a throwback Thursday, I guarantee we will go back in time many times on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show for Throwback Thursday. And we'll definitely have something special for Throwback Thursday coming up. My question for you, Kimmy, right now, would you like to play Nerd and Pop Culture Trivia? Well, okay. And for those who have never heard this before, we'll be asking Kimmy some questions from the nerd timeline, the pop culture timeline. The timeline has been adjusted, mixed up a little bit, stirred just a little, meaning it's not in chronological or linear order. Feel free to help her out with answers. Shout out answers. We believe in time travel answers. So yell at whatever computer type device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on. Because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us on the smartphone, the laptop, the desktop, the tablet, whatever. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Here we go. We're going to be asking the smart person some questions here on this Throwback Thursday. It is June 15th. Kimmy, very first question we have for you is in the world of cinema. Tell us the year this movie came out. We will give you a plus or minus of two years. But the first thing, identify the movie. We need the title exactly right. Here is your clue. To all of you, uh, all you phonies, all of you... (laughs) 
two-faced friends, you sycophantic suck-ups who smile through your teeth at me, please leave me in peace. Please go. Stop smiling. It's not a joke. Please leave. The party's over. Get out. That's Kimmy at any party we have. she That's, that's her. <laughs> Within about a half hour, she's like, Boom, she goes right into that that routine. No, that is from, and I'll give you a bonus clue, Kimmy. It's from the very first Christopher Nolan film in this franchise. Mm -hmm. Tell me the name of the movie. Batman Begins. That's right, Kimmy. What year did Batman Begins hit cinemas within two years? Um, Let's see, 2005? You get it exactly right, Kimmy. 2005, Batman Begins. Give me the year this TV show makes its debut and it premieres on CBS television. Give me the year within five years that this show debuts on CBS TV. Welcome to Hee Haw, starring Buck Owens. And Roy Clark. Okay, Kimmy, tell me the year that Hee Haw made its debut. 1972. Kimmy gets it. I think we said within five. It was 1969 that it made its debut. It would go to syndication and be really huge. You know, I think that's what we should cosplay as. Maybe uh, at an upcoming thing like Cosography, Kimmy. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, you can go as Buck Owens and I'll be Roy Clark. We we can have the guitar and the whole thing and the banjo. I kind of like this idea. What do you think? No. Oh. You're going to cosplay as something else? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll find out what it is at Cosography in Cocoa, Florida, this this Saturday. Find out more at Cosography's Facebook page about the uh, cosplay convention. Back to the timeline, Kimmy. It was 1960. This movie makes its debut. It premieres in New York City. The movie is The Apartment, directed by Billy Wilder. My question for you is, tell me one of the three stars from the movie The Apartment. Jack Lemmon. Ooh. Shirley MacLaine. Ooh. Who played the bad guy? Who played the bad guy who was known for playing a good guy on television? Um. He played a good dad. Mm-hmm. But he played a bad man in this movie. Mm-hmm. He played bad before in Double Indemnity and some yeah. other things. Yeah. He can play Wicked quite um, well, too. And he is the inspiration for that superhero right behind you, yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, I know. I can't think of his name. C.C. Beck designed Captain Marvel after him. Who is it? I can't think of his Fred name. Fred McMurray. Yes. But you got it right. I didn't expect you to even name the other two. You you got I thought just one you could give me. That's correct. 1960. Have you ever seen that on the big screen at all? Mm-hmm. One of the retro cinemas I took you to. Mm-hmm. It was on this date, Kimmy. Give me the year that this movie opened in theaters. It first opened in New York City. American Graffiti. George Lucas's film. Give me the year within two years that American Graffiti opened in theaters. 1972. 1973 is when American Graffiti opened in theaters, but we gave you a two-year plus or minus. Give me this person in 1752 experimented by flying a kite during a thunderstorm. He had some results on this date, a little spark that showed the relationship between lightning and electricity. Somehow he he's, he managed to record that and didn't get dead. Can you tell me who it was? Benjamin Franklin. That's right. So on this date in 1775, General Washington was appointed head of the Continental Army by the Second Continental Congress. Kimmy actually knew that question in a previous uh, trivia thing on a previous episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. She's real smart. 
She is. You can find that at uh, episode number 1,275. It was on this date, 1836, Arkansas became the 25th United States. It was on this date, 1844, Charles Goodyear was granted a patent for the process of strengthening rubber. 1864, an order to establish a military burial ground was signed by Secretary of War Edwin Stanton. The location later became known as Arlington National Cemetery. It was on this date, 1869, celluloid is patented by John Wesley Hyatt. That led to movies hmm. because, you know, celluloid would eventually be used. It was on this date, Kimmy, give me the year Dick Tracy, the movie, premieres. Madonna is one of the stars. Tell me who plays Dick Tracy and give me the year Dick Tracy is in theaters within two years. Um, What year was Dick Tracy in theaters? That would be 92. 1990. And who played Dick Tracy? Warren Beatty. That's correct. Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Did you see it in the theaters? Yes. Okay. It was on this day, 1911. The Computing Tabulating Recording Company was incorporated in the state of New York. You don't know that name. They changed their name. They became known as International Business Machines. IBM. It was on this date, 1916, President Woodrow Wilson signed a bill incorporating the Boy Scouts of America. This is America Boy Scouts' uh, birthday. It was on this date in 1916. It was on this date in 1924, Ford Motor Company manufactures its 10 millionth Model T car. That's 1924, 10 million. Mm. It was on this date in 1924, J. Edgar Hoover assumes leadership of what organization? The FBI. That is correct. It was on this day, 1958, this group sang this song on Ed Sullivan's show. Tell me the name of the group if you can. It's iconic. Heavenly shades of night are falling. It's twilight time. Out of the mist your voice is calling. It's twilight time. When purple curtains mark the end of day, I'll hear you. My dear, at twilight time. I love their music. I have a feeling Kimmy does not know who. She just doesn't know who this is. Kimmy, do you know who it is? Who did Twilight Time? Mm, no. That's the Platters who did that. 1958. It was 1965. This recording artist records this song. Identify the the song, first of all. Once upon a time, dressed fine. Through the bums of time in your prime. Gimme, what's the name of that song? Like a Rolling Stone. Like a Rolling Stone. That's right, Gimme. It is Like a Rolling Stone. Tell me the name of the recording artist. Bob Dylan. That's right, Gimme. It's Bob Dylan. 1965, Like a Rolling Stone. Do you have any Bob Dylan on vinyl or MP3 or anything? No. It was on this date, 1968. This song, it burns up the charts. It hits number four. You get bonus points. You win this entire episode in the next 10 if you can tell me the name of the group i mean that if you can tell me the name you automatically win 10 10 trivia contests in a row you're on a plus okay side. if you can tell me who recorded this and made it a hit number four in 1968 yummy 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 i got love in my tummy and i feel like i'm loving you love you such a sweet thing good enough to eat thing and it's just a what i'm gonna do Kimmy, can you tell me who sang Yummy, Yummy, Yummy and made it a number four hit? Mm, no. It's the Ohio Express. I guess you don't have that on the MP3 player, do you? No. No Yummy, Yummy, Yummy. Okay, it was on this date. Kimmy, give me the year of Disney's animated film The Lion King opens in theaters. What year within... Five years. 94? You got it exactly right. Its opening was $42 million, and that was considered great mm. back in 1994. It was on this date, Kimmy. Nirvana's album Bleach was released. The album was their first album. What year within five years did Nirvana have their first album out? 95? It was. You miss it. Close, though. 1989 is when their first album came out. Mm. It was 1992, this vice president of the United States, he was in office. 
instructs a student to spell potato with an E on the end during a spelling bee. Can you tell me the name of that vice president? Quayle. That's right. Dan Quayle did that with an E on the end of his his name. He has an E, too. Mm. You know, potato dome, but he thought it did, mm. but it don't. They claim it's because he had a wrong card in his hand. Mm-hmm. Do you think he did? Mm. I'm I serious. They claim he was set up. Yeah. Somebody put the wrong card in the thing. I don't know about that. It was on his day, 1998, the Spice Girls began their first North American tour in Miami. It was on his day, 2002, actor Charlie Sheen, at the age of 36, gets married. He marries an actress, Kimmy. Who does he marry? Denise Richards. That's right. She's 31 at the time. 2010, Devo releases the album Something for Everybody. It was their first album in how many years? 20? I was going to give you a buffer, but you got it exactly right. It was 20 years. Hmm. I was going to give you a buffer. Did you know that or somebody shout that out? I, you knew that. You I, freak. I don't know. She's an audiophile. Moving over to something else, Kimmy. 2010, Harrison Ford, at the age of 67, marries an actress who's 45. Who is she? Oh, they did get married? Yes. 2010. Yeah. Um... Callista Flockhart. That's correct, Kimmy. 2010 is when that happened. Moving over to notable and celebrity birthdays. This person born on this date, 1937, died 2002 at the age of 64. Singer, performer, many, many songs. One was used as a theme to a TV show. Kimmy, identify the singer and tell me the name of the TV show that used his song as a theme. Here's your audio clue. Just a good old boy. Kimmy, tell me the name of the TV show, first of all. The Dukes of Hazard. That's right. Good old boys. They're the theme from the Dukes of Hazard. Kimmy, tell me the name of that recording artist, a legend known as an outlaw. Who is the person born on this date? I don't know. That's Waylon Jennings. Born on this date, 1937, died 2002 at the age of 64. Next person, Kimmy, he played, uh, well, he played on a certain TV show from 2001 to 2009. Kind of curious if you can identify the TV show. Here is its theme. 2001 to 2009, originally aired on ABC Network and then went into syndication. Here is your audio clue. The show is According to Jim from 2001 to 2009 on ABC. Can you tell me who the star of that show is, was? Um, famous. J- Jim Belushi. Yes, you got it <laughs> with that clue. I can't believe this. Kimmy, tell me how old Jim Belushi is today. Within five. Um, 60. He is 63 today. Back to the birthday list. Wade Boggs having a birthday. He's 59. Can you tell me what he is known for? What sport? Baseball. That's correct. Professional baseball. Third baseman. Former. Retired. Moving over to somebody else. An actress having a birthday. She won an Academy Award, Kimmy. But before she won that Academy Award, she was on a certain TV show for, well, part of the 90s. And she won Emmys for her performances in 96, 97, 98, and 99. Matter of fact, she even directed some of the episodes. Here's your audio clue, the theme of the TV show, in brief. 
Tell me the name of the TV show. Kimmy, tell me the name of that TV show. Mad About You? I'm mad about your beer, so help me understand what we do. You can whisper in my ears where Yeah, Kimmy Smart here. Tell me who we are talking about. What's the actress? Who is the actress that was a star of Mad About You? Helen Hunt. That's correct. Can you tell me what movie she won the Academy Award for Best Actress in? Um... That would be um, as good as it gets. That's correct. It wasn't Twister. <laughs> You're right. She was in Twister, by the way, in 1996, and she was also in Cast Away in 2000. You are right. How old is Helen Hunt today within five years? 53. You get it. She is 54. Moving over to somebody else on the birthday list. Actress. She appeared in the 1984 music video for Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark. That's kind of what people say was her breakout. She was the person he pulled out of the uh, the audience. Who is it? Courtney Cox. Yes. How old is Courtney Cox today within five? Um, 48. She's 53 today. Moving over to somebody else, Kimmy. He played Doogie. Yes, he played Doogie on Doogie Hauser, MD, from 1989 to 1993. And then he was on How I Met Your Mother from 2005 to 2014, which he won four Emmy Awards for. Who is it? I'm, yeah, I don't know his name. Neil Patrick Harris, who's having a birthday. He is 44 today. Moving over to another section of trivia. I see dead people. Notable deaths on this date in history. 1849, James Polk, 11th United States president. 1845 to 1849, dies in Nashville at the age of 53. 1996, Ella Fitzgerald dies at the age of 78. 2008, Stan Winston dies at the age of 62. An American special effects and makeup artist, he is best known for his work in the Terminator series, the first three Jurassic Park films, Aliens, the first two Predator films, Inspector Gadget, Iron Man, and Edward Scissorhands. He won four Academy Awards for his work. 2014, this person passed away, Kimmy. Known for his radio work, also voiceover work of cartoon characters, and did on-camera work as well. He dies at the age of 82. Identify... Who it is. Here's your clue. Now we're up to our long distance dedication. And this one is from a woman who has some compassionate words for someone very close to her. Who is it? Casey Kasem. That's right, Kimmy. Casey Kasem passed away 2014 on this date in history. I think you did an excellent job today on this Throwback Thursday, Kimmy. I I really do. I think you did a fantastic job. Thank you. And we're going to go back in time and honor someone that we talked about in trivia with a golden age of radio. That's a Riley and Kimmy show. Anytime we have the opportunity to go back in time to the golden age of radio, we take that opportunity. And we're doing that right now with a biography, a radio production of the story of James Polk. Yes, the former president. This is from 1948, starring actor Edward Arnold. This is an excellent example of the golden age of radio. Fantastic production. Going back in time to 1948, Here's the biography of James Polk on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Mr. President, starring Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's Edward Arnold. Mr. President, at home in the White House. The elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President.
Our Mr. President story will begin in just a moment. But meantime, how extensive is your knowledge of our country's past presidents? For example, can you name the president who once sold all the White House furniture or the president who had a habit of bathing in the canal back of the White House? There are so many colorful anecdotes about our former chief executives that it's not surprising we find the lives of American presidents so fascinating. Perhaps it's because most of us can identify ourselves with their way of life. Their private ambitions, their relationships with their wives, children, and friends are so much like our own that we often feel their stories are our stories, too. Each week, Mr. President removes the pedestal from under our famous leaders to reveal them as they were, human beings whose desires and ambitions were much the same as yours and mine. Listen to this absorbing drama and see if you can name the president upon whom the story is built. Now, in just a moment, Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It is Sunday and the old mansion is resting quietly after a busy week. We walk through the great doors under the presidential seal, across the foyer and down the long hall to the president's study. Hello. Sit down, won't you? You know you can't always recognize the intrinsic value of things from their appearance. For instance, if you were to stub your toe on a 200-carat diamond in the rough, you might just be annoyed and kick it out of the way. The chances are you wouldn't take a second look at it. That's the way it was with a great undeveloped region in North America before it became part of the United States. Not many gave it a second thought. And it took a lot of convincing to prove that it was a diamond in the rough. Later on, of course, I'll tell you who was president then. But meanwhile, you may be able to guess. Perhaps I wouldn't have realized the importance of the great Oregon Territory myself if it hadn't been for the advice of the general, one of my oldest and dearest friends, a man of vision, a great statesman, an ex-president. Sit down, sir. Sit down. All right, general, but this chair knows you better than it does me. Well, I feel out of place on this side of the desk when you're in the room. Out of place? I did a lot of work to get you on that side of the desk, Mr. President. <laughs> I know you did, and I'm very grateful to you, sir. And so far, you've done all right. Read your inaugural speech. Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Well, coming from you, that's higher praise than I could hope for, sir. The reason I know it's good is that the British don't like it. <laughs> they got so hopping mad, they had a debate about it in Parliament. Know that? <laughs> yes, yes. yes, it was brought to my attention all too quickly by members of the opposition, Senator Wells in particular. Him? Bah! Yes, uh, he's thoroughly alarmed by the reaction in London to my speech. Anybody that's going to get scared every time the British rattle their drums, well, don't pay any attention to them, Mr. President. I didn't. I know you didn't. I guess I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. But if I've learned anything, it's this. When you believe in something strongly enough, you've got to act bold, or somebody's bound to talk you out of it. General, everyone, and your enemies most of all, have always had the highest respect for your courage. Of course. Now that I'm out of office, they all love me. But they didn't call it courage when I was sitting in that chair. <laughs> You've been in public office a long time, Mr. President. But that particular chair is a target that's hard to resist. You'll find that out soon enough. I know, General. But as long as I have you around to give me moral support, I think I can stand it. Hang it all, Mr. President. You can't count on anybody else in this Oregon affair. Sure, you made fine speeches. You're thinking right. But words and thinking aren't enough. You've got to act. Well, I intend to, sir. But... When? Well, uh, I... That's just it. It takes more than good intentions. You've got to do it now before the British get a foothold in Oregon and swindle us out of it. Well, our title to that land, General, is clear and unquestionable. Sure, sure it is. But the British say their title is clear and unquestionable, too. And you know what they're saying about you? They think you're weak-kneed, that you'll hesitate and shrink at the threat of war. Well, there's no, been no real threat of war, General. Not yet. But they're going to make a big fuss, and you know it. And you know Why? Because Oregon is a great country for people who have eyes to see it. It's got timber and mountains filled with ore and land that'll grow anything. Sure, the British want it. If you don't do something about it pretty quick, they're going to get it. General, all I can say is I intend to meet this issue with energy and promptness. Good, but you can't be too prompt. Now, look, I, I hope you don't mind my friendly suggestion. Well, of course not. I'm honored, sir. You know, the older you get, 
The more you like to hear yourself talk, there isn't much else left to do. <laughs> well, General, whenever you feel like talking, will you please come to see me? And I promise you, I'll do everything I can about Oregon. Well, that's all I came to see you about. Well, you'll take care of yourself, of course, won't you, General? Sure, sure I will. Uh, but, Mr. President, I think you'd better take care of your health, too. You're going to need it. Good day, sir. Good day, General. Goodbye, Miss Sarah. Goodbye, sir. Oh, Miss Sarah? Uh, yes, Mr. President. I want you to get in touch with the Secretary of State, Mr. Buchanan, immediately. Have him prepare a new map and a survey of the Oregon Territory and bring it to me as soon as possible. Here you are, Mr. President. Here's the new map of the Oregon Territory you wanted. Oh, thank you, Jim. Now, let me see. Uh-huh. Jim, uh, there's been a lot of loose talk on the Oregon question. Too much, sir, I'm afraid. It's only added to the confusion. Well, I'm not confused. It's all very clear. Now is the time to make the first move. Look, the British claim all this area down here. That's right. And on the other hand, we, and uh, we have maps on file in the archives of England itself to substantiate it, we claim the territory up to here. Yes. Well, I suppose to strike a quick bargain, we'll have to make some kind of a concession. All right, now this is our offer. We'll divide the territory about here, along the 49th parallel. That is, of course, without free navigation of the Columbia River. That's a very generous offer, sir. I think it is. I hope the British realize it. I'll take it to Sir Richard Packenham at once, sir. Fine. And will you make it clear to the British minister that it will be to his country's best interest to accept this offer now? <laughs> This is not an offer. This is an outrage. Sir Richard, both the President and the State Department have agreed that this is the most equitable settlement of the boundary question. I find it completely offensive, sir. And I reject it categorically. But I think perhaps if you presented it to your government... Mr. Buchanan, it would be an insult to present such a preposterous proposition to my government. Good day, sir. So he didn't like it, eh, Jim? Called it an outrage, I suppose. Mr. President, he wouldn't even refer it to his government in London. He'll wish he had before we're through with him. But how can we get him to do that? It's very simple. By withdrawing our offer. Withdrawing it? It hasn't even been presented yet. You know, Jim, Sir Richard uh, Packenham has done us a great favor. A favor? The offer you gave him was a compromise. I did that in deference to commitments made by my predecessor. We didn't really want to settle for the 49th parallel anyway. Well, now he's rejected our offer, so we're free to ask for what... We're really entitled to. Oh, then you're making a new proposal. Right. Now, look, Jim. Here's that uh, map you brought me. Mm -hmm. Remember my first marking there? That's our claim. 300 miles north of the 49th parallel. Yes. And that's what we're going to ask for from now on. And we're going to do everything we can to get it. And the whole country will be in back of us. But, Mr. President, if the British were so upset by your original demands, what do you think is going to happen when they're presented with this? Well, they can't get any more upset than they are now. And they can't do any more than they've already done unless they declare war, and I don't think they'll do that. I hope you're right, sir. But what is Congress going to say about such a sudden change in policy? Jim, I'm sending a message to Congress. I'm asking for an abrogation of the agreement providing for joint occupation of the Oregon Territory. We'll give England 12 months' notice. 12 months? That ought to give them plenty of time to think it over before they do anything drastic. It will also give Senator Wells plenty of time to organize the opposition. Oh, Senator Wells... Well, uh, Jim, we'll have to meet that problem when it arises. Speaker! Speaker! Senator Wells has the floor. Senator? Gentlemen, you have heard the President's message to Congress. I am sure you are all as shocked and disturbed by its implications as I am. Gentlemen, I am astounded by the President's proposal. At the best, it's an idle dream. At the worst, it's a dangerous, unprofitable, foolhardy venture. Oregon! Gentlemen, what do we want with this vast, worthless area? This region of savages and wild beasts, of deserts, of shifting sands, and whirlwinds of dust, of cactus and prairie dogs. To what use could we ever hope to put these great deserts or those endless mountain ranges impenetrable, covered to their very base with eternal snow. What can we ever hope to do with the western coast, a coast of 3,000 miles of rock-bound, cheerless coast, uninviting, and not a harbor on it? What use have we for this country? 
Gentlemen, I say, if the British really want Oregon, let them have it. Mr. President, he's here. Who's here? Well, you did want to see Senator Wells, didn't you? Hmm, Wells? Oh, yes, of course I wanted to see him. I want to find out if he really believes all that nonsense he told Congress yesterday. <laughs> Senator Wells has a tendency to be carried away by his own eloquence. Yes, sir, I've heard, and very often. <laughs> You'd better have him come in, Miss Sarah. Yes, sir. Senator Wells, the President will see you now. Thank you, Miss Sarah. Hello, Mr. President. Hello, Senator. I assume, sir, that you've asked me to come here to discuss the Oregon matter with you? You assume correctly, Senator. Have you read my speech to the Senate, sir? Oh, yes, I have, and very carefully. Did you really mean all you said? I beg your pardon, sir. There's no offense, Senator, I assure you. I meant, do you really believe that Oregon is such a worthless area? I said it, therefore I believe it, sir. Mr. President, although you are not a Westerner, you seem to have a sentimental affection in that direction. But, sir, I am speaking of the Far West, and that is something else. Have you ever been to the Oregon Territory, Mr. President? No. Have you? Uh, no, but I've made a very thorough study of it. And so have I. And I can assure you, Mr. President, that if we should be so foolish as to accept responsibility for this region, we shall never cease to regret it. We should have uh, much graver regrets if we shirked that responsibility. I cannot agree with that, sir. But even if this area did have any value, I would like to point out to you that Great Britain, by discovery, exploration, and settlement, possesses title to a very great portion of the area you've demanded. You mean they claim to possess title, Senator? If we falter or hesitate in the slightest, England will immediately become more arrogant in her demands and will try to grasp not part, but all of the Oregon Territory. But where is our right any better, sir? What can we honestly base it on? On the Monroe Doctrine, Senator. The North American continent is no longer open for colonization. Mr. President, that's a very easy statement to make in this room, but I caution you, sir. Such an attitude publicly expressed will not only split this country wide open, but also will provoke war with England. Now, what makes you think that England wants war, Senator Wells? If you make such impossible demands upon her, sir, you leave England no other choice. Senator, there's only one way to deal with John Bull, and that is look him right straight in the eye. <laughs> In just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Let me tell you about a fellow named, well, let's call him Bob. Bob died last year. People said it was a pity because he was only 32. But the real pity of the situation was that he'd be alive today if only he'd known he was stricken with tuberculosis. You see, tuberculosis no longer needs to be fatal. It can be cured if it is detected. Yet tuberculosis continues to be the leading death-dealing disease among people between the ages of 15 and 44. Here's why. It's estimated that right now 500,000 Americans are afflicted with TB. Remember, the sooner tuberculosis is detected, the quicker and easier the cure. So protect yourself and your family. Have your chest x-rayed. In some places, x-rays can be obtained free or at a nominal cost through a local tuberculosis association or health department. Check your chest. Get a chest x-ray tomorrow. Now, back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Perhaps you have already guessed who the president was in this story. But don't forget, many presidents look to the West as the frontier of the United States of Continental Dimensions. Later on, I'll tell you which one this was. In making a new and greater claim for the Oregon Territory, I faced opposition not only from the British who felt strongly that they had clear title to a large part of the region, but also from such influential members of Congress as Senator Wells. As the senator put it, if I pushed my demands, I risked the chance of splitting the country and provoking England to war. This was no easy decision. I had always depended upon my dearest friend, the general, for counsel, but he hadn't been to see me for several weeks. I had received word that he was ill. Betsy. Betsy, you here? Yes, Papa. Oh, Betsy, what a lucky son I have to have married you. How do you feel, Father? Pretty comfortable for an old man. Now, if you'd be so kind, uh, pen and paper, please. I want to write a letter. Couldn't you put that off until tomorrow? Tomorrow? I may not be here tomorrow. And I kind of think my friend would like to hear from me. All right. Not that I'm worried. 
But maybe he is. Here you are. Thank you, Betsy. Now, let me see. Dear Mr. President, Betsy, I have a lot of faith in that man. Everybody says he could well have been your son. He's so very much like you, sir. Maybe that's why I feel so responsible for him. Maybe I... Uh, well, let's get on with it. Be assured, my friend, that it is truly grateful to learn from you that you have taken such a firm and fearless stand on the Oregon matter. I salute you, but I must caution you again. They'll make it as hard as they can for you. There is no easy way. You have only to do your duty, true to your trust, Holy and with strong conviction, I say go ahead. You've got work to do. My faith is in you. I can write no more. Friendship has aroused me to make this attempt. Your friend. <coughs> this is the last letter the general ever wrote, Mr. President. Yes, I know, Miss Sarah. He died before it reached me. It's... Stated June the 6th. And he passed away two days later. The country has lost a great patriot. And I have lost a great friend, Miss Sarah. I just can't believe he's gone, sir. Gone? Oh, he's not gone, Miss Sarah. A great man doesn't really die. I think the old gentleman is still with us. <laughs> oh, come on, Miss Sarah. What would the general say if he saw us blubbering this way, huh? <laughs> I can imagine, sir. You know what he'd say? He'd say, read that letter again. <laughs> it says, go ahead, you've got work to do. <laughs> and he's right, Miss Sarah. We've got a lot of work to do. And if we're ever going to get Oregon, and if we do get it, Oregon will be a monument to the general's memory. Mr. President. Hello, Mr. Secretary, Sir Richard. Greetings, Mr. President. Sit down, gentlemen, if you please. Thank you. Sir, I have already submitted a proposal to your State Department, but Mr. Buchanan suggested that I deliver it to you personally. Yes? Since it has been impossible to reach any agreement on the Oregon question, I have proposed that we arbitrate it. Arbitrate it? You imply that the territory is to be divided and that the title is in dispute? We can't accept that proposition. Then you reject my proposal? Yes, I certainly do. And furthermore, if I am well aware that British subjects are occupying land north of the Columbia River in territory that we claim... My government regards that as our territory, sir. And I wish to remind you, sir, of the Monroe Doctrine. This continent is no longer open for colonization. My government does not acknowledge such a doctrine. Well, then what basis have we for arbitration, even if we would accept it? I see, Mr. President, that it is useless to discuss the matter with you further. Good day, sir. Mr. President, I've come to ask you to listen to reason. Whose reason? I understand that the British want to arbitrate, sir. Yes, they made that suggestion. I strongly recommend that it be accepted, sir. It's the best we'll ever get. On the contrary, it's the least we could ever get. And by the way, Senator, your speeches to the Senate advocating compromise and suggesting that the British have title to a large portion of the country have only made the British more determined than ever to stand by their extravagant claims. Mr. President, do you mean to accuse me of supporting the British position? What else are you doing? I'm looking into the future, sir. And so am I looking into the future. I'm looking into it thoroughly. But I'm looking at it through the eyes of the American people. And, Senator... If Congress does not pass that notice to the British, I'll have to go over their heads and appeal to the American people. Mr. President. Yeah, hello, Jim. Mr. President, I have good news. Congress has passed the resolution giving notice to England to terminate the joint agreement. Oh, fine. Fine, Jim. I'm delighted. The resolution, sir, contains a preamble. A preamble? Yes. Assuring everybody concerned that it is a peaceful measure. Peaceful? Jim, everything depends upon our maintaining a firm position. I would have preferred the resolution without the preamble, but this is better than no resolution at all, and it's the first great step forward. Jim, now that we've started moving, we've got to keep moving fast. 
This notice is still only a piece of paper. The British won't really believe we're serious until the until we begin moving to Oregon. And Jim, we've got to start moving. Maybe not call all Americans men of destiny. Our forefathers sailed the great and dangerous ocean to reach this land. Their sons beat a path through dense forests to build a great nation. And what was their direction? Westward. Always westward. And now who will carry on that glorious journey? Who will blaze the long trail to that other great ocean which bounds this land of ours? Once more it will be brave Americans who will fearlessly follow the course of the sun to the west. Kansas. Look, I told you over and over again we got 2,000 miles to go before we get to Oregon. A journey of 2,000 miles. The way lies over trackless waste, wide and deep rivers, rugged and lofty mountains, and is beset with hostile savages. Better bank the fire, Jed. It's been a long day. Time to turn in now. It's awful quiet, Sam. Kind of scary here, too. Only about 50 of us out here. Nobody's ever been here before. Not another living soul in a thousand miles. promise that we will establish a series of blockhouses to protect our brave settlers. For the journey is not easy, and the hardships are many. But no matter how deep the rivers, how high the mountains, what enemies there are, you are men and women found ready and equal to the occasion. And for you, we have prepared large land tracts. And to ensure your security, we have extended federal law over the entire territory. It is your spirit which overcomes every obstacle, which makes a frontier of the impossible, and which has created our great nation. It is you, hardy people, who shall bring and bridge a land from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Westwood has gathered such momentum that if many more go, we won't have anybody left, Jeremy. Well, I don't think we have to worry about that yet, Miss Sarah. There's always Senator Wells and the people who think like them. They don't like Oregon. Yes, I know. And then there are some of us who have strong ties here or are just too lazy to get up and go. And then there are quite a number who happen to like it here. But seriously, the emigration Westwood is the greatest example of the courage and hardihood of a people who have a great dream and a great vision. Excuse me. Surely. Hello, Miss Sarah. Oh, hello, Mr. Buchanan. Oh, Jim, come in, come in. Mr. President, yes. I have just received a proposition from England for drawing the boundary of Oregon. Oh, what are they asking for this time? You won't believe this, sir, but they're offering us the old 49th parallel proposal. Oh, oh no, they are, are they? With slight modifications, but Mr. President, I'm sure the majority of the senators would support this proposal vigorously. I myself must highly recommend it. Not only will it give us a sizable and desirable portion of the territory, but I am sure that we can get proposal from the Congress. And after all, Mr. President, this is the important... Jim, Jim, wait a minute. You don't have to sell this to me. I beg your pardon. I'm in favor of it. After all, we'll only be accepting the exact offer we made in the first place. But you've been so strongly committed to your larger demands. Jim, one of the best ways of driving a bargain is to ask for more than you think you'll get. I can see that that's an effective procedure. But, Mr. President, what really has brought England to terms is your encouragement of the great immigration west. After all, with the tremendous influx of American citizens on the Pacific coast, there is no longer any dispute as to its title. Uh, wait a minute, Jim. Wait a minute. Sarah. Yes, sir. Uh, what day is this? Well, uh, Thursday. No, no, no. I, I mean the date. June 6th. June the 6th. Oh, I thought so. You know, it's wonderful. What is, Mr. President? Miss Sarah, do you remember the last letter the general wrote me before he died? Of course I do, sir. That letter was dated June the 6th, too. Was it? Yes. And I'm sure the general, wherever he is, would be very pleased to know that exactly one year after he wrote that letter, the British have come to terms. And our terms. And our terms. You know something? I wouldn't be at all surprised if the old gentleman hadn't planned this way. Well, all, of, all the time, you know. 
probably figured out by now who I was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know, and I'll tell you the answer in just a moment. Now here again is Edward Arnold. The time of this story was 1845 and 1846, and the president then was James K. Polk who was elected president under the famous slogan of 54-40 or fight. He took full leadership on the question of the Oregon Territory and almost single-handedly pushed it to a successful conclusion. And the old general, an ex-president, was none other than old Hickory himself. Yes, if it hadn't been for the influence of uh, Andrew Jackson and the courageous and determined battle of his protege, James Polk, who incidentally was known as Young Hickory, we might today be standing on British territory as we do this broadcast on the banks of the Columbia River in Portland, Oregon, USA. Come and see me again next week, won't you? I'll have another story for you about Mr. President that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Goodbye. enjoyed that golden age of radio production be sure to follow the riley and kimmy show we feature old-time radio shows from time to time we have archived episodes available right now on our website at rileyandkimmy.com some of them have old-time radio episodes on them please tell your friends about the riley and kimmy show help us grow our social media links are available on our website at rileyandkimmy.com that's r-i-l-e-y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.